Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who was there? And the Longhorns have it. Into the front court car. To Allen. Back to Marcus. Top of the arc. For three. In and out. Tipped in by DeSue. Big tip in by Dillon. Longhorns within 11. Out between the circles for the right wing. Dribbled it off his foot. Picked up by Rice. Jabari with it. Three on two. Out to Carr. Marcus drives to the baseline. To the trailing Allen. At the foul line. Jumper good. Picks up the dribble. Pass deflected and stolen by Rice. Allen got his hands on it. Now to Timmy. On the baseline. Goes around traffic. Scores off the glass. Timeout TCU. Texas within four. 49-45. Pass out to Rice. Open. Sets his feet for three. And it's good. We needed that one. No doubt. Trying to pound into the paint. Now out to Rice. Shot fake on another three. Goes around O'Bannon. Down the lane. Puts it up. Got the bucket in one. Hit the deck pretty hard, but Jamari's all right. He'll go to the line to shoot one. Across the floor, works it to Emmanuel Miller. Miller trying to drive in on Dylan Mitchell. Almost lost the dribble, got it back. Now to Shahada Wells. Drives to the paint, bounce pass underneath the court. Goes reverse side, stood up, shot blocked. And the Longhorns come away with it. Dessou got the block, taken away by Arturio Morris, who just checked back in. Hunter, feeding low. Dessou, reverse line, playing good. Longhorns within four in the corner. Wells drives it, had it rejected by Mitchell. Got it, and Mitchell gets it back. He missed it. Another tip up. This one good by Morris. Arterio hits it. Again, the deficit down the two to Dylan Mitchell. Sends it to Dylan DeSue on the left side. Dylan driving. Baseline. Slam dunk. Went right past the defense. Dylan DeSue to Mitchell. Now to Hunter. Sends it to DeSue again. Scores off the glass, and he's fouled. Through the foul on court, and Dylan having a hot second half. will go to the line for a three-point play against Miller. Still working on it. Spins, turns, goes around him off the glass to score. Excellent footwork. Allen with 17. The game tied at 73. Under two minutes to go. 10 on the shot clock for UT. Marcus, left side. Seven to shoot. Carr going to fire a long contested three. Good! Drains it for the first time since it was 8-7 at the 14-10 mark of the first half. The Longhorns lead. What a comeback. What a win. The Texas Longhorns beat the TCU Horn Frogs. Texas is now 14-2, 3-1 Big 12 Conference play from down 18. Texas fights back the final score. The Longhorn 79, the TCU Horn Frogs 75. Moody Center was on fire last night. Good morning. Lighten it up on a Thursday, Thursday edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. We are live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. I am Jeff Howe, Horns 24-7, at Jeff Howe 247 on Twitter. Get to horns247.com. Riding shotgun behind the glass, as he always does. Never misses a show unless you're playing for a state football championship in this time slot. It's only two shows he's missed, to my knowledge. He is the publisher, curator, otherwise major domo of everything FlexATX. FLXATX.com, at FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. He is the one and only, the legendary, the great Snoop Daniel. 
who was not no. in attendance Let me tell at Movie you, Center last night. I wanted to cry. We, we could break down this game, but I think it's more fun to... Uh, Snoop said he wanted to save this for the air yeah. while he wasn't there last no, night. No, because Craig, you know, because Craig has, you know, every night that he has tickets, but people be hitting him up all the time. Craig, can I go to the game? Craig, can I go to the game? <laughs> Craig! <laughs> Craig! Craig, yeah, all three of those people asked Craig can they go to the game. And then Craig, he hit me and Jeff up. It's like, hey, I got four unused tickets. Uh... What to do? Well, not in those words. I'm like, man, shoot, I'm here editing because I shot soccer and I didn't get my work done. So I'm like, send them anyway. I'm going to try to make the second half. And he did. So the whole time, I'm trying to get there. And then we're losing. I'm like, maybe I should just stay focused and do my work because am I going to please me or please others? And so I stayed and I worked to my regret. Every single point that they scored today, inch closer, I was like, no. Why am I not there? No, Dylan's going <laughs> off. I'm not seeing this. And the only thing that I heard is that the the uh, the crowd was so lit, and that is. Uh, and, and last night yeah, might man. have been a culture changer because to trail 18 and come back like that that endears people to you. It got to the point where sitting on press row, I thought for a minute, like I might I might have to stand up to watch the rest of this mm-hmm. game, oh. like during the final minutes. So. Uh, phenomenal game last night, phenomenal effort for the Longhorns. Turned into a hell of a college basketball game. Texas down by as many as 18 in the first half. It is the largest comeback for the program since the 2012-2013 season. If you don't remember, that is the uh, the Mike Cabongo suspension that ended with the Texas losing at Hoffines Pavilion before it was the Fertitta Center in the CBI, the first round of the CBI. So That's the postseason you got to pay to get into, Snoop. That's make, messed up. make you pay for that. <laughs> like hoop it up? <laughs> kind of, yeah. You got to pay your entry it's like fee. The, uh, it's like the small town festival softball tournament. You got to pay your entry yes. fee. Okay. Uh, Texas. <laughs> yeah, that's how long it's been since Texas had a comeback as large. That was a 22-point comeback against Oklahoma that season. Uh, this one, 18 points. And TCU had an 11-point lead with nine minutes left. Texas had a lead. It was 8-7 at the 14-18 mark of the first half. They didn't lead again. Until Marcus Carr's three, which you heard there in the montage from Craig, Curtis, uh, Craig Way and Eddie Warren on the call last night, courtesy of the uh, Longhorn Radio Network from Learfield. Uh, and by the way, in case you missed the news yesterday, Craig will be here at some point today. Uh, Craig and Leon Phelps have something in common today, Snoop. Leon Phelps. You know what that is? The- I'm going to do a bad impression, and I'm not going to try to do a bad impression. I'll just say... As Leon Phelps will say, the butt. And that's where Craig is getting. That's okay. where Craig's getting his shot yes. today. So, getting what, that. Uh, Tim Meadows. Yes, yes, the great Tim Meadows. Yeah, he, he's underrated. For Very sure. underrated. <laughs> Ladies' Man movie. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. You know, I did. You know, we. Ooh, it's a lady. Man, man. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I, I dug that movie. Um, but no, Texas had that lead at the at the four, at the fourteen eighteen mark when it was eight seven. TC was up by eleven with nine minutes to go. Texas didn't get the lead until that Marcus Carr three with one oh one on the clock. Uh, they shot the ball lights at, and, and you know post game Jamie Dixon uh, said rebounding was probably the biggest difference in the game because Texas was plus seven on the glass in the second half and finished, I believe, was plus two for the game. Yeah, plus two for the game. TCU is one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the country. I think it was just a matter, Snoop, what changed the game. Texas needed to control the pace because TCU is one of the few teams on the schedule. There are good teams in the Big 12, plenty of good teams, trust me. But TCU is one of the few teams that when Texas wants to run, 
TCU athlete for athlete can run with them and could and could possibly outgun them. We saw that last night. Not just you know pushing the ball after turnovers, but getting a rebound, making the outlet pass. The ball doesn't stick when TCU has it on offense. I thought their ball movement. Uh, they move fast in the half court. I just was really impressed with the way they moved the ball. Texas needed to slow the pace in the second half. And Snoop, it's it's easy to slow the pace when you're you're more deliberate on offense. You're looking for better shot selection. You slow the pace down 18, and they were able to do that. And well, shooting 19 for 32 in the second half helps. You go you go 59 percent from the field in the second half. Uh, Dylan DeSue, 12 of his 14 in the second half. Jabari Rice, all 15 in the second half. And I, I asked him and Rodney Terry after the game, like, I, that's shot fake, man. Like, Timmy Allen even chimed in and said, everybody jumps, everybody's going to jump. You're going to jump. Like, you can, can you j- describe it. Jamie Dixon kind of chastised his guys, like, our guys just didn't read the scouting report on Rice, and that's disappointing. You know the shot fake is coming. You know that's how he's going to create separation. Can you, can, can you describe what makes it uh, effective? He just has such a feel for it. Like it's it's a timing thing okay. almost. It's almost like you, a great shot blocker or a great rebounder has great timing. I think he just times it well. He can kind of lull that defender and then shot fake and put it on the deck. And and Jabari's got such a good mid-range game that he'll, he'll take those shots. I do think, though, in addition to slowing the pace, uh, you look at free throws for Texas. Texas was 10 for 12 from the free throw line last night. Rice was 8 of 9. or That was in the second half. Twelve of uh, 10 of 12, excuse me, in the uh, in the second half. Texas only two foul shots in the first half. They were much more deliberate, not just with controlling the pace, but getting downhill, attacking the basket, forcing the issue, and either getting buckets or getting to the foul line. I just thought it was just a, it looked like a completely different team in the second half. Dylan DeSue looked like a completely different player but with the first, the second twenty minutes compared to where he was in the first twenty minutes, I just thought all around it was a, a tremendous, tremendous outing last night. Great comeback, uh, and we'll talk about it. We'll take your questions about it on the Specs text line. And I think like like a UT basketball now for like the layman fan who's just kind of casually interested. Like people are starting to hear the names and are starting to click a little bit. So, and I haven't watched honestly a lot of them like in person. Or, on TV, so that I, I like hairstyles. I dig and and like when you talk about that ball fake, I'm interested to see because I know Harden is the king of that. That's how he yeah. got all those those three point plays. I'm always intrigued about ball fakes and how they're able to. Uh, I love I love Jabari shot fake. It's <laughs> I asked him, I said, "Are you surprised like how open you get off that thing?" And he was like, "No, I'm not. It's like I've worked really hard to perfect it." And he and he does. Uh, text from John in the Bay, Jeff. Please explain for us who haven't been to Moody. How loud and raucous Moody is was compared to the drum. Everyone in lower bowl, better acoustics, etc. Yeah, both of those things, John. Like it, it's, it's night day. Snoop, you've been to the you've yes, been to Moody. I've been to two games. Did you go Moody. to the Gonzaga game? I went to the Gonzaga game. Yeah, I stormed the court. <laughs> I was not a student. I was on the court, and then I wanted uh, back in the oh, and they helped me get back there, but then they kicked me out. So it was fun. I was like, how are you gonna help me get get back here and then kick me out? I didn't. Oh, I didn't even know. So you tried to go back, like in the to the locker room. Like they they ushered me back there, and they're like, "Okay, you have to leave." I'm like, oh, oh, so I, they made a mistake thinking you were part of the part uh, of the entourage. Uh, no, I think one lady was like, "Hey, no, he's with Craig," and then the other person like, "Who are you?" Didn't know. So maybe anyway, this is way too personal. But no, yes, it is. Good. Moody is night and day. A like, plus, man. Because you got to remember the thing about <laughs> the thing about Moody Center. It's a it's a concert and entertainment venue first and foremost. And then a basketball arena. 
So to be a good concert venue, a good entertainment venue, you've got to make sure that building's got great acoustics, which it does. I honestly think closing off the upper deck for basketball actually helps with the noise because the sound can reflect off of those garage doors and bounce back down to the floor. I think that's a huge part of it. I think having the corral where the students are in that, uh, you know, taking up three quarters of the space right around the court and, and right behind the opponent's bench, that's that's a dynamic that Texas has never had. Texas faces it all the time on the road. They never had that kind of dynamic at home. So that's part of it. Uh, by the way, I saw st- some students getting turned away from the student section. Like if you wanted to, if you were a student at some point and you wanted a ticket, you had to try to get one with Gen Pop last night. The, uh, the corral and the standing room only section yeah. completely full. Uh, they were at capacity. It may be a little bit it's, over. I, I, I guess a, a way for me to explain it, it's an event instead of just, well, you said it's an event center. Like it, it really is. Yeah. Like it's a presentation more so than any. Like there's been there's been times where you're covering a game and, and I'm leaving and then I'm seeing like the signage going up for like Chris Rock coming in the next day or whatever. So it just mm-hmm. reinforces like, oh yeah, this is an this is an entertainment venue where they just happen to have basketball here. Thank you, Longhorn and Lubbock, for playing into Snoop and I with the Leon Phelps reference, asking us if uh, we wanted some Cavarsier and a fish sandwich. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Leon Phelps, that guy is amazing. I used to have him and Buddy Love. Buddy Love and uh, Nutty Professor. He used to get the ladies, too. Exactly. When he, yeah. yeah uh, so TCU on the athletic front is having a really bad week this week with the CFP loss, and then you blow an 18-point lead on the road at Texas. I'll say this, Snoop. I'll, Nick Moyle from the uh, – Nick writes for the San Antonio Express News and the Chronicle. We're riding the elevator down from the press section to the uh, to the interview area. And I was like, yeah, it turned into a heck of a basketball game. Nick's like, yeah, it did. I was like – and they get to do it all over again on Saturday, man. That's just the the freaking meat grinder that this league is. I know we talk about it all the time, but Jamie Dixon said it last night again. It is hands down the best league in the country, top to bottom. There, there are ten. Uh, I've said this well, before. We got I'll say it is again. It Iowa State? Texas Tech at home, seven, oh, o- Tech at home. seven o'clock. Okay. There are ten NCAA tournament caliber teams in this conference. I don't think all ten of them are going to get in, but there's a good chance you get eight. Maybe you get nine. Uh, like Texas Tech is coming here. Texas Tech are they zero and four in the league or zero and three in the league? Zero and four. They're zero four in the yeah, league. Yeah, because they're the same as West Virginia. Zero and four. Uh, yeah, I mean, so they're going to be fighting with their back against Wallen. You know, <laughs> the state runs through Lubbock. Uh, not for not Man, right now. It's not. Oh gosh! And then like you know, there's going to be a lot of beard talk. Is that wrong to say that word? No, no, I'm sorry, it, I no. I, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to think of. Oh my I'm trying God, to think ahead because I was going to go to Texas Tech mode tomorrow, but thinking ahead, I don't. There will be some vitriol. I think there's natural vitriol just the way the Tech fan base views their rivalry with Texas. Um, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as bad as when Texas goes to Lubbock later in the year, just because with the the ticket demand being what it is, it's not going to be like it was last year at the Irwin Center where Tech fans. I don't know if they filled the mezzanine section at the drum, but they came real close. You know, they'll have their section, and you'll see red and black, the smattering of it throughout the building, but it's not going to be like it was last year. And I think there were, you know, you had a guy like Avery Benson was on the on the team last year who was a guy that uh, was, a, was a fan favorite in Lubbock. Then everybody hated him when he transferred to Texas. So you got all that to consider. Uh, but, no, I don't think it's going to be near as bad, Snoop, as when they, uh, when they go to Lubbock here in a few weeks. Uh, Specs text line is open three three seven three seven seven six. Yeah, you look at the Big Twelve standings right now. Uh, K State, Kansas, Iowa State four zero. Then you've got Texas 
at three and one. Uh, TCU's two and two after the loss last night. You know, Baylor's one and three. They beat West Virginia. West Virginia and Texas Tech, two teams that spend a spend a healthy part of the year ranked in the top twenty five. They're both zero and four in the league, six ten and six overall. Now Oklahoma State lost a tough game on the road to K State. They're nine and seven overall. I mean, these teams are good teams. Oklahoma, Oklahoma could very easily be four and zero in the conference. You know, we didn't even talk about this yesterday because we just had so much on our plate. But I watched the uh, the OU Kansas game the other night. OU had I forget what it was. They had a, were they up ten or nine? With about five minutes left, I'm like, oh, man, Porter Moser is going to win him a game at Allen Fieldhouse. Snoop, I'm not joking. They're up by like eight or nine. I get up to go to the bathroom. I'm not gone, but for two, three minutes, I come back and I see Kevin McCullers driving to the basket, and can't, and then he's going to the line to tie the game. I'm like, what the heck just happened? Like, KU just put together three this ball, incredible press, run. Three ball, that helps. <laughs> Jalen Wilson started knocking down shots. <laughs> Harris was tough to keep yeah. out of the lane. But no, I think when you look at Texas, that to me is the big difference in the game. They slowed the pace in the second half. They were flat out able to make shots in the second half. And by the way, you want a great example of how much better the shot selection was in the second half compared to the first half? Texas three-point shooting in the first half, two for 14. In the second half, two for two. That That's the best example I can give you right there of better shot selection. Texas had 19 field goals. Uh, in the uh, in the second half, thirteen of them were either layups or dunks. And then you talk about it getting getting ten points at the foul line. The three point shot was not that big of a factor. It was a, a very minimal factor in the second half for Texas. The, uh, the freshman Dylan Mitchell. I yeah, how did he do? Yeah, Dylan Mitchell finished uh, six and six last night with two blocks. I mean, he he had a couple defensive possessions. I mean, obviously, you look at he had two dunks off of one off of a lob and one off of a really nice baseline drive where he threw it down. Uh, just uber athletic. He had a really couple key possessions on defense in the second half where he really got in there and threw his body into Eddie Lampkin and was really strong. On the boards, I, I thought he did a really good job. You know, you look at his second half numbers, Snoop. Uh, he only played thir- thirteen minutes, uh, two points, four boards. That was huge. Like I said, just some really huge defensive rebounds. Had two offensive boards in the second half too. So he was just really big. I, I thought Dylan Mitchell, Dylan DeSue, Christian Bishop, Brock Cunningham, those four guys, the fight they took to TCU's front court. Because there was a point. I think when the game, this is just my observations from. Uh, from above to me when the game got away there was a moment in that first half I think it was coming out of the first media timeout Rodney Terry changes things up and he goes with a three-guard lineup with Tyrese Hunter Marcus Carr Jabari Rice uh I believe it's Christian Bishop and Brock Cunningham on the floor and you know when we've seen Brock be able to knock down shots but he's not if you're a defense you're not going to focus your effort on Brock Cunningham if he's open for a shot you'll take your chances with that and Christian Bishop to a certain point on the floor is a non-factor if you can get him away from the basket so I think from that standpoint Texas was easier to defend but TCU really bothered Texas in that first half Snoop with their length uh, and just their size Uh, and it wasn't just Lampkin Uh, Xavier Cork really gave Texas some issues last night. Jacoby Coles was giving Texas some issues. Uh, even a, a guy like Damian Ball was tough. And, and I just think, again, that length and athleticism that CCU has really bothered Texas. 
And, you know, Rodney Terry, he said there was no fire and brimstone speech at halftime. He just challenged the team uh, just to, to go out and guard people, be physical, and be strong with the ball. And I think those three things, when you watch that second half, if you go back and watch it, those three things are clearly evident that Texas did better than the first half. They were much better guarding man-to-man. They were much, uh, much more aggressive, much more assertive, and they were stronger with the ball down low and not getting it swiped away from him, going up strong, attacking the basket. So uh, really, that bodes really well for Rodney Terry. I, 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 I get the feeling already, Snoop, that we're going to get this narrative for every Texas game. Like, oh, is, is Rodney Terry the guy long-term? Is to- Rodney Terry the guy long-term? Man, I, I understand it Like, because I have to write about stuff like that. We have to talk about it. But uh, for this one, I think it's just – I think if you're a Texas fan, I think it's just really nice to understand that, hey, you had a you had a almost a 20-point rally, an 18-point rally – against a really good basketball team in a conference game to get you a conference victory, and now you move on to the next one. Don't be thinking about what's down the road or what Rodney Terry's status is. Credit Rodney Terry and that staff for pushing the right buttons. Again, not a ton of adjustments, just reinforcing it's kind of their core values on the floor and guys following through with it. Like I said, Dylan DeSue was a completely different guy in the second half. Uh, Marcus Carr was – I think did a better job of actually running the offense in the second half. Jabari Rice was awesome in the second half. I talked about the contributions Dylan Mitchell gave you. And real quick on Tyrese Hunter, dealing with those cramping issues again. Man, that that had gone away for, I don't think it's, at least that I've seen or heard about, hadn't been an issue maybe since the Pine Bluff game back in, back in early December. Maybe that was the last time he was dealing with the cramping issues. Uh, but they popped up last night. He only played eight minutes in the second half. But Tyrese Hunter had a heck of a first half, man. You look at his first half statistics. Why is this thing not cooperate with me? There we go. Tyrese Hunter, six points, three assists, two boards uh, in the uh, in the first half last night. Finishes with six points, six assists, and four rebounds in 26 minutes. Uh, and, and a lot of that was he missed, I think, Actually, around the seven-minute mark, eight-minute mark of the second half was when he went out and didn't come back. All right, we'll continue to take your questions. We'll talk Texas basketball. We've, we've got to talk some Texas football. We'll do that in our first edition of the Longhorn Notebook when we come back here on Light the Tower, on the Horn, live, local, and digital. On the Horn. This new year with my favorite new tequila. Turn up this new year with Hot Cat Tequila. Light the Tower. Does your milkshake bring all the boys oh, to the yard? No, Snoop? no, no, no. Khaleesi's does. Not me. I don't got no milkshake. I got a malt. <laughs> a little chocolate malt. <laughs> An extra small chocolate malt. Uh, 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 sk- with, with, with skim milk. You know, <laughs> yeah. with, 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 with almond milk. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm not doing. Super gotta, well hey, man, if you're lactose intolerant, you got to watch that dairy. Hey. You know? Thank you. You got to be mindful of it. Right. You know, that's what I do with my coffee because, you know, coffee is a it's like a natural laxative. Yes. You got to be careful with the dairy because that one-two punch would be, it'd be bad news, man. It'd be a rough, it'd be a rough morning for me. Boom, boom, one-two mm-hmm. to the gut. No question. Hey, I just saw that, by the way, Jeff House, Snoop Daniel, this is Light the Tower. Uh, I'll get to the Longhorn Notebook in just a minute. Uh, shout out to uh, the CBS Sports College Basketball Twitter feed. Shout out to the uh, Paramount family, by the way. Uh, that's where my paychecks come from. I didn't know this. This is wild, Snoop. TCU is 0-46 all-time against top 10 teams on the road. Okay. That's definitely a gambler's stat. <laughs> For sure. That sounds like something that that guy that's on with Chad and Zay, he's all like drunk. He's like, oh. yeah, guess what? The last 40 games, 10-0. and 0. 
lock it in. Well, that's incredible. That's a dope stat. Your stone cold lock of the week. Yes. Not that's your stone, wild. Not your stone cold Steve Austin lock of the week. Well, there we go. Well, you know, go yeah, against It'd be better. See, that Steve Austin's missing out on some of that NTR, man. He should get with a betting company and do his lock of the week. Stone cold lock of the week. Well, yeah. I'm sure somebody will hit him up now. <laughs> I got to keep my ideas to myself. I'm, I'm, I'm losing money. All right, let's go ahead and get to the notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock. Bowersockteam.com. She is your home loan expert. Let Aaron do for you what she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown. Very easy, seamless, hassle-free process getting them into their new home. She can do that for you. It's Bowersockteam.com. Aaron Bowersock. She is your home loan Expert. All right, let's get to a couple of football tidbits, and we'll continue to do this throughout the show. I'll re-rack some of this uh, coming up in, in the second hour. And, um, by the way, Craig will be in at some point uh, in the second hour. At least that's the plan. Have you, have you, have you got any dispatches not from yet, uh, Not yet. I bet you. From the voice of the Longhorn. And I, I bet you that means he's delayed. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what he happens. He usually says, hey, I'm on my way or something. Well, maybe maybe he's just word of, maybe he's got his foot to the floorboard. And, and he just, could be in pain right now. That awful. I, I don't think so. He could be like, oh, I can't even speak. I, yeah, I don't think so, Snoop. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, so a couple of names on the wide receivers coaching front. I, I know I just saw CB's text on the Specs text line. Everybody's hiring a wide receivers coach. Look, Sark is going to take his time with this uh, and make sure he gets this right. You're going to be on your third receivers coach in three years. And, and man, that's a position where. I want to get into these numbers. I don't have them with me right now. I, I, I want to do it tomorrow when I've got a little more time to really dig into it. But I just want to look back again now that we're pretty much at the end of the wide receivers that Tom Herman recruited to Texas. Pretty much with the exception of Jordan Whittington, we're at the end of that run. And, uh, and the numbers are not pretty. Just a complete lack of development at that position. And, and, and we'll get again. I want to get into that tomorrow, but uh, you know that's a position where Texas needs some stability. You've got to get more production out of your wide receiver group. More, cons- I mean, not production. That's a bad choice of words on my part. More consistency out of that position and that group. I, I think Sark is being deliberate with it because you've got a group with Jordan Whittington returning, Xavier Worthy coming off of a productive year, but far from a consistent year. Isaiah Nayer coming back off of a knee injury. The additions of DeAndre Moore and Jontae Cook for spring practice. Like you, you've got a chance to have a very deep, very talented wide receiver group. Texas, on paper, Snoop, Texas has one of the best wide receiver groups in the Big 12. And, and maybe the best. I haven't looked at I know Oklahoma State's lost pretty much their entire receiving core to the portal. i got to go look and see what everybody else has. But Texas, on paper, might have the best group of receivers in the Big 12 in 2023. And you've got to maximize that group. And Sark, I know we look at it from the recruiting standpoint, right? Which, I, me personally, I felt like Emmett Jones at Texas Tech would have been a home run higher. Now he's the new head coach at Oklahoma. Uh, because I think he kills two birds with one stone. He's a tremendous developer of the position, number one. And number two, I think he can really recruit and recruit in an area where Texas needs to make sure they keep a strong foothold, that being South Dallas. Snoop, you can speak to this, this as a Metroplex guy. People just say, oh, you need to recruit Dallas. Recruit the Metroplex. Right. All right. There are very different dynamics compared to what part of the Metroplex you're in. And there are certain spots of the Metroplex where you need to, you can't just have one person, okay, go, go recruit the Metroplex. No. You need somebody for, for South Dallas, for yes. uh, South Sock and DeSoto and Lancaster. You need somebody to cover that. 
Uh, maybe throw Grand Prairie in there. You need somebody in that 287 corridor. Uh, man, uh, you know, pretty much Waxahachie going up through Mansfield uh, into the Arlington schools. You need somebody in Plano. You need somebody in Mesquite. You need somebody uh, kind of north, like Denton, McKinney. You Frisco. need somebody in that area. Yeah. So it's it's more than just say, oh, he, he recruits Dallas really well. What part of Dallas does he recruit well? Like, and I think Jeff Banks has some, you know, he's he's recruited Dallas. So, I, but I think Emmett Jones would have helped in that area where Texas is really making some ground in that South Dallas area, the Sock, DeSoto, Lancaster. Uh, would, would I be wrong, Snoop, calling that the uh, the Oak Cliff portion of Dallas, or is, or is that not Snoop? Are you paying attention? Oh, Craig just sent me a picture of that needle. No, no. No, that's too big. That's no, that's fine. Hell no! Look how long that thing is. Sorry, I'm just inappropriate. But he, that is that's too long, too thick. He sent us a text before the needle Sorry. went in, and now he is on his way in. But Snoop, anyway, that ahead, part please. of Dallas, <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong to call it the Oak Cliff part of Dallas? It is the Oak okay. Cliff. All right, <laughs> that's I, a, it's the Oak Cliff part of Dallas. I figured I didn't. Want, I didn't want to misspeak. Okay. Uh, but I felt like Emmett Jones would have killed two birds with one stone. <laughs> but uh, go to Horse Twenty Four Seven. We got the insider posted. Uh, Chip Brown's byline is on it, uh, staff contributions, uh, and Hornets 24-7. A couple of names getting thrown out there for the receiver's coach job. Holman Wiggins at Alabama is a guy that uh, has had some contact with Texas. Uh, he's in, he's under consideration at this point. Uh, another name that's popped up, which is really interesting, is uh, Jamarcus Shepard from Washington. Most recently at Purdue, just took the wide receiver's coaching job at Washington. So that's something. Uh, actually, he was there. He was there this last year. I apologize. Um, I was. I was looking at that wrong. Jamarcus Shepard is the wide receivers coach at Washington. Uh, would he think about leaving? He's a name that we've heard. Uh, Texas has expressed interest in uh, Justin Johnson, who just took the wide receivers coaching job, replacing Emmett Jones at Texas Tech. We heard he was a guy. He was the running backs coach at Baylor. He, we heard he was a guy that at least Texas had shown some interest in, wanted to kick the tires on, et cetera. Uh, and then you've got Rashad Samples, and Mike Roach has a really good uh, VIP update on the site on Rashad Samples. Uh, but he just got to Arizona State on Kenny Dillingham's new staff, and it would probably take a pretty significant offer both on the money side and depending on what his title is to get him to leave that Arizona State gig. Were there? Have you seen the, the former Longhorn and Snoop that are on that Arizona State roster? Mm-hmm. Uh, Xavier Alford, who went Texas, USC, now he's at Arizona State. Prince Dorba, Dorba is, is headed to Arizona State. Troy O'Meary is headed yes. to Arizona State. And Jake Smith, back word. on the gridiron, back in his home state. Oh, word. He's going to give it a go at ASU. Yeah, is I'm, he still good? I, man, I, I don't know. You know, after all Damn. the all the foot issues he's had, you don't know. You don't. You just don't know. But man, I like I'm. Tim. I'm. <laughs> like that's Tim. one guy, man. I, wherever he would have shown up next, I'll root for Jake Smith. I'd, I'd like good things to happen to Jake Smith, and it's especially good because he's not on the Texas schedule. Texas doesn't have Arizona State on the schedule next year, so even better. Uh, so those are just some of the names that are getting thrown out for the wide receivers coaching job. I want to see O'Meary do well, too. Just, yeah, again, you talk about a guy with injuries, man. Just never Things never really got up and running for him. Uh, a couple of other notes uh, in the Insider that, uh, and I, again, I won't go over everything, that's in there. Uh, there's some tidbits on Arch Manning, how he's already kind of asserting himself and did a really good job before he got to Texas, getting into the playbook and understanding what's going to be expected of him in spring practice. A Manning coming in very prepared to step into a quarterback role. I don't think that surprises anybody, Snoop. Um, 
And that backup quarterback job, man, that is going to be huge. I know we talk about pushing Quinn Ewers for the starting job, and you would hope Arch Manning and Malik Murphy are at the point where both can do that. But I think the battle for QB2 is a really big storyline to watch. Like, if Malik Murphy can, at the very least, you'd like Malik Murphy in his second spring on campus, uh, and really his first spring where he's actually going to be full go, you'd really like for him to, to push Quinn Ewers or at least give the staff maybe something to think about. At the very least, you'd like it. you'd like him to do that. That's probably the best-case scenario. At the very least, though, solidifying that backup quarterback spot because, you know, you can go back and have the debate where there are some games where Sark should have gone to Hudson Card over Quinn Ewers. That's neither here nor there at this point. But you, we saw, once again, Texas needed two quarterbacks to get through the 2022 season. Chances are you're going to need two quarterbacks to get through the 2023 season. So Malik Murphy's development, even if he doesn't win that job, if he's just in the backup quarterback role, that is a massive, massive spot for Texas. So all three of those guys, don't just pay attention to Arch. Everybody's excited about Arch, myself included, and what he can be. But the development of Malik Murphy is one of the bigger storylines that I'm keeping an eye on once we get to spring football. A uh, quick update on the Gary Patterson situation. Uh, still sounds like it's 50-50. Uh, I'm, I'm reading verbatim from Chip's report here. He said he's had two sources close to Patterson say two different things. One said Patterson is likely returned to Texas, while the other says Patterson might be leaning toward taking some time off to spend more time with family or maybe do some TV. How do you oh, think GP yeah. would do as, a, as an analyst? He would love to Snoop. be on TV. You know what? I, I didn't even know Malik Murphy wore number six. Yeah. That's oh, I didn't know. I <laughs> it's never random. Seen, I know, I know. Well, you know, I was just thinking, like, what would it take for him to get on the field? <laughs> like, well, he, a gadget again, play. Man, at that position, you really are one snap away from yeah. being the guy. The progress needs to be there for him to be in that position in the fall. It needs to be there this spring. Uh, but winter conditioning starts Monday, so you should have an answer on the Gary Patterson front uh, here pretty soon. Uh, Chip's also got some notes in there about uh, the – we talked about this yesterday, that new special assistant to the head coach position that's being created. Uh, he's got some notes on that. Also, keep an eye next week. Uh, the NFL draft in early entry deadline is coming up. I believe that's on Monday on the 16th. Uh let me double check that real quick. Sorry, doing this on the fly here, real quick. Why is this not working? So basically, it's about Jalen Ford. Jalen Ford's got uh, until yeah, January sixteenth. Jalen Ford's got until the sixteenth on Monday to decide whether or not he and all signs have pointed to him coming back. That's what we've been told at Horns twenty four seven. That's what I've heard. It sound it sounds like he's leaning more towards coming back. Than going pro, but he hasn't made a decision yet or announced anything. And until he announces something, we're all just kind of wondering what it's going to be. But two key dates to remember: Monday is the deadline for NFL early entrance to the NFL draft. Wednesday, the 18th, that's the day the transfer portal closes. So if there's going to be any transfer portal movement, it's going to be in the next few days, uh, pretty much the next six days leading up to the 18th. Also, uh, Texas did have a portal entry this morning. Ishmael Ibrahim, he was suspended from the team uh, by Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, I didn't even see him on the sidelines this year. So that one that one was expected. It was a matter of when, not if, he was going to enter the portal. And I believe 
when you count the entirety of the 2023 signing class, when you count the transfers that have committed to and or signed with Texas, I believe that puts Texas at 86 scholarships. I'll go back and count that again because the Ibrahim news broke on my way in. I'll go back and count that again, but I believe right now they're at 86. And you know there's going to be some attrition post-spring with guy, when guys figure out their place on the depth chart and uh, and all that stuff. Now so you said the public doesn't have access to the transfer portal. Correct. So, like, but I imagine – what it looks like online is probably like a really nice website with pictures. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you, Snoo. I've never seen the transfer I portal. Think, no? No, I, don't, I couldn't eyes? tell you what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it to, to be a really nice website with, I, I don't know, like, you know, and only certain people have access to it, but it'd be pretty expensive. Uh, Maybe, I, I don't know. It's the NCAA. I, I hey, imagine it to be like a souped up, you know, Microsoft Excel doc or oh. something. Dang. Nothing, nothing too nothing elaborate. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that's so. Anyway, I know that's kind of goofy, but just, to, I mean, just to be able to sit down in front of a, a computer and be like, what do we, uh, I don't, can't do a Sark impression, but what do we need? So there's some football, there's some football notes, kind of a smorgasbord of, uh, of football intel there for you on the wide receivers coaching opening and a, a lot of other stuff uh, dealing with the Texas roster. We'll take a break, come back. Inconceivable. We'll close out hour number one here on Light the Tower, on the Horn, live, local, and digital, on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hi, I'm Brad with Homes by Avi. And I'm Aaron Bowersock. We are currently offering incredible incentives at all of our communities across the Austin area. To learn more about how these incentives can save you money on your new home, visit yourlonghornlender.com. NMLS number 1326-241. This is Dallas Cowboys football 2022. Snap back to Prescott. He's got a lot of time. Only heard here. Deep down the right side. Oh, it's caught at the 45, 40, Pollard. All season. 20, 10, Pollard. Good night, nurse. Monday night, it's your Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Live from Raymond James Stadium. On this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. Pre-game Monday at 6 p.m. Kickoff at 7.15 on the Horn. You know, if you love the Cowboys or, you know, you're like Craig and you're a diehard Rams fan, whatever your team of choice is, maybe you just love Longhorn football. If you didn't watch games from the comfort of your own home the way you wanted to, if you just weren't quite happy with your home entertainment setup, you could upgrade. Just get in touch with Tom McKay and the folks at Audio Visual Consultations. 512-255-8678 is the number to call or go to avconsultations.com. That's what I did when I made the move to San Marcos in the summer of 2021. I was ready to upgrade my home entertainment setup. And Tom McKay came out to the house and he put together a project that not only made sense for my budget, but it made sense for the amount of space in my living room. I thought that TV was going to be too cumbersome, too big. No, it fits perfectly on the wall. And I've got a nice professional setup now, thanks to AV Consultations, watching all my sports. That's where I'll be watching the Cowboys game Monday night on that 75-inch LG TV with the Sonos sound system. Tom McCann Company, they keep the latest smart TVs and Sonos audio in stock, and they're not raising prices like everybody else is right now. So don't try to go to one of those box stores and think you're going to get a better deal because you're not. So whether you need the setup like I've got, maybe you need something smaller, or maybe you can get that full tilt home theater experience with a screen up to 150 inches 150 tom mckay can make that happen for you it's audio visual consultations 512-255-8678 or get to avconsultations.com let audio visual consultations help you realize the home entertainment setup of your dreams hi i'm jimmy covert for over 113 years my family's been dedicated to offering you the best of the best when it comes to sales and service Our service advisors and certified factory trained technicians are the best in the business. 
Covert always offers more than the competition. No one else has seven service locations for your maintenance and repair needs. We also offer free pickup and delivery. No one, and I mean no one, beats a Covert deal. Not now, not ever. CovertBestRock.com. We are professional grade. Jeff Quick started Quick Roofing in 1984 with one house. That one house has evolved into over 200,000 projects. Quick Roofing doesn't require any money up front until 100% completion and 100% satisfaction is achieved. Quick Roofing requires a project manager on every job site, ensuring the customer is getting everything they were promised. Quick Roofing believes if you can't take care of the customer, then you're not going to have a business. Quick Roofing has been around for 38 years. Schedule your free inspection at quickroofing.com. Like sports. Uh, just a couple for inconceivable. I don't know if Craig had anything today. Uh, he's on his way in, so we'll, if he's got anything to share, we'll let him do it at the top of, uh, at the top of hour two, but, or whenever he gets here. Uh, a couple of things I want to get to, go sports-related inconceivable. Snoop, you remember when the coaches poll came out, the preseason coaches poll? Yes. And somebody voted Texas number one. Yes, and, I did. And we were, one person. We were all like, <laughs> we were all in the in the middle of a CSI episode trying to yeah. figure out who the culprit was. Like who poop? Or maybe yeah. like a Scooby Doo. Yeah, I remember like when we had Deuce Gate in the studio. <laughs> Good Deuce in the corner of the studio. <laughs> I might just text Brad Kellner today. Just text him oh hashtag Deuce Gate. <laughs> uh, that was no, that was. Is that the biggest controversy we've had at the I'll, station? I'll have to think about it, but it just it's comes, up there. It comes to mind pretty quickly. It's up there. Was that a 2020 bit or a 2021? 2021, because okay. it was after COVID proper. There you go, COVID proper. Well, um, when, when, remember when we were all in different studios? Yeah. Now, God, that was terrible. I was at uh, Onion Creek Country Club. Wow. Craig was at his house, I think? Yes. Or, or, or yes, it was different were you up? Were you up here? I was always here. Yeah. Uh, Rod was at his place. Yes, Kevin was at Rod's, maybe, or was Rod doing Onion oh, Creek? God. I don't How remember did that. Were anyway, that's a dark, dark time. That's Chad was of... Chad was like going to Stu's house, Stu Myrick's house. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I blocked some of that out. Thank you for bringing that up, Snoop. <laughs> uh, but no, so we never found out who the culprit was that voted Texas right. number one. But now we get to find out where Texas stands in the final coaches poll. Texas number twenty five in the final coaches poll. Um. And the coaches' votes are now made public. Would you like to know, Snoop, ha- who had Texas highest on their ballot? Yes. How about Brady Hoke at San Diego State had Texas 16 in his final poll? The next highest vote for the Longhorns? How about the coach of your national champion, Georgia Bulldogs? Kirby Smart had Texas at 20. Whoa. As far as the Big 12 coaches go, there were five Big 12 coaches who had votes this year in the uh, coaches' poll, Snoop. Would you like to know how many of them voted for the Longhorns? How many of the five had Texas on their final ballot? Like, so there were five, some that didn't have them in the top twenty-five at all. Is that yes. what you're saying? Oh God! How many? How many of the five had Texas on their final ballot? Five, two. Lance Leipold at Kansas had Texas at twenty-five. Neil Brown at West Virginia had wow. Texas at 24. I can't believe they let people know who cast these votes. I want to know who made that Texas vote. Anyway. <laughs> Actually, I take that back on Neil Brown. Neil Brown did what? I'm, 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 I'm confused. Three here. or two? Neil I Brown. All five? 
Yes, Neil Brown did vote for Texas. I got confused. This graph is challenging. So that means your three Big 12 conference coaches who did not put Texas on their final coaches poll ballots. Chris Kleiman, his team lost to Texas in Manhattan. Uh, And then two coaches who beat Texas during the regular season. Sonny Dykes at TCU did not vote for Texas. Neither did Joe.